Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Can we stand up and welcome Pastor Mike Rabel today? Amen, amen. You all may maybe be seated. And uh, like uh, <laughs> when, I, when I was ministering in, Indi- in Illinois for the 10 years, pastoring a small church, went through uh, the uh, pandemic there. But uh, Jared always told me, Dad, you need to go where you're uh, honored or you're, uh, what did you say? Celebrated, not tolerated. <laughs> and we feel celebrated here. <laughs> thank you, Pastor Jordan. And uh, we thank you for all the kindness and love that you have. And we, uh, uh, many times my eyes start sweating. You know, men don't cry. They, their eyes sweat, you know. And so I, uh, uh, my eyes the older I get, the more my eyes sweat. Must be those glands underneath it or something like that that load up with water. And we, we need to keep drinking lots of water and everything. So uh, I just appreciate the, the church here. We've been with them for over 40 years, I think. I remember where they met uh, before, uh, not before even the uh, uh, mall or the uh, storefront that they were in, and yeah. even before that, uh, I had met Dr. Jacobs, and he's been a wonderful friend, and he's raised wonderful children, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Jordan, and yeah. uh, Pastor Morgan is a wonderful yeah. teacher. Yeah. I, I've been fed since I've been yeah. here, <laughs> hallelujah. I, I sit there over there, and I, you know, same thing Dr. Jacobs says, he said, where did he get that out of the Bible? And it's there. I just haven't seen it, you know. He, he, he's feeding you revelation knowledge. And it's so awesome to, to be here today and just be able to share a little bit about our lives and, and what God is doing uh, in all over the world, in, in Mexico, in, in North Africa, and other areas. So I'm believing that you'll receive something uh, today. And why don't we just go to prayer? Father, we thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit now. We, we thank you, Father, for being a, a good God to us. For you are good and your mercy endures forever. I thank you, Lord, for, for being uh, here with us. I thank you that you said you'll never leave us or forsake us. You'll always be with us. You, you always are there present in our lives. And we thank you, Father, for, for this wonderful church. We thank you for uh, Pastor Jordan and, and, uh, and, and uh, Pastor Morgan and, and the encouragement they are to the body of Christ, not only here, but all over the world. And, and it's going to go online and, and people are going to be fed. And we'll even in Mexico be able to watch uh, what's happening here in, uh, in New Albany, Indiana, and, and see what, what God is doing, tremendous work here through Pastor uh, Jordan and Pastor Morgan. We thank you, Father, for them and their leadership here. We thank you for the Holy Spirit's leadership here, too, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Well, I'm going to have to blow my nose because I'm still sweating. <laughs> 
But God is good. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, um, well, let's turn in the Word of God to Deuteronomy uh, 6. Uh, I I was just praying this morning and all day yesterday uh, here at the church. And uh, this morning, the Lord just gave, brought me this uh, to remembrance, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 11. I'm low, I'm, um, what does it say, um, uh, old school. I, I, I like to see my Bible in front of me. <laughs> I like to write in my Bible and, and just see what the Word of God says. Hallelujah. <laughs> and in Deuteronomy 6, verse 10 and 11, it says, And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee out of the land which which he swore unto thy fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give thee a great and goodly cities which you didn't build. 11, and houses full of good things. Everybody say good things. (laughs) Which thou fillest not. And wells that uh, uh, already dug, which thou did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees, which thou hast not uh, planted, when you shall have eaten and full. Everybody say eaten and full. That's what we're doing right now. We're eating right now. We're eating the Word of God. But I want to go into just verse 12. If you have your Bible, it says, Then beware lest thou forget. Or another word is, hey, remember what, where you've been and remember where you're going. And the stories that I'm going to be telling you today is for us to remember. It's for me to remember. Yes. I mean, well, I, I, I've told them and I've experienced what God has done in my life since I accepted Jesus in the Philippines. I was uh, in the military and I, I got on a, a freighter going bar hopping and, and getting uh, uh, doing what the world does. And I went from island from island to island, and on one of those islands, uh, you know, I would take all the girls and everything out on the boat and on the uh, ferry that we were in, and we'd go bar to bar and dancing in the nighttime, and then we'd join the uh, ferry again before it took off in the morning. But on that uh, ferry was a missionary from uh, the Philippines that had just graduated from Biola College in California, and. And he finally got me, you know, he was very upset with me because I was taking the girls out, having fun, you know, a lot of people have fun, you know, they, they, so like one guy went, uh, uh, one guy invited another friend to the church and, and he said, no, I'm going to go to the bar tonight, <laughs> I'm going to party tonight. And so uh, one brother, he went to the church and, and uh, when he came home the uh, uh, next morning, he said, oh, I'm going to call Sam, uh, the, my, my buddy, see how he partied last night. Well, Sam was in the hospital with a, with a lump on his head and, and, and he said, well, well what, what, did you have fun last night? <laughs> you know, a lot of people are looking for the world for that fun, but but fun is in Jesus. When we, when, when we see God move, raise the dead, heal the sick, and and, and 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 win people to the Lord. Well, this Filipino missionary was inviting all the girls out to, for ice cream. I said, eh, they're not going to enjoy that. But but it ended up that he began talking to me about Jesus, and I. I sat there on the, on the uh, ferry in the cafeteria, and finally he said, can I pray for you? 
And, you know, I was kind to him. I closed my eyes and, and put my hands out, you know, on the table, not to hold his hands because I wasn't used to men holding my hands. And all of a sudden, I had closed my eyes. You know, that's what you're supposed to do when you pray. <laughs> that's what I was told when growing up occasionally. And, I, and as I closed my eyes, he grabbed my hands. I never had a guy grab my hands and pray. But, but as he prayed, I, I was trying to pull away from him but he wouldn't let me go. He just kept holding on to my hands, and, and finally he, he did let me go. But there was uh, something that came from him into my life at that time, and that's why I believe I'm on, in the field today, and, and God has changed my life. Because when I went back to the base, I, I uh, uh, had to uh, get a surgery on my back, which they I spent maybe a month in the medical hospital at Clark Air Force Base. And, and uh, during that time, I cracked a very sacrilegious joke. And everybody in the whole uh, room were military, and they just laughed. But then, except two men, and they happened to be Mormons. You know, Mormons are good people. <laughs> if you ever talk to them, my, my son here, he, he's dealt with Mormons. They said they cut his grass, washed his dishes. <laughs> they... <laughs> They did a lot. Finally, they figured, we're not going to get him at all. <laughs> and, and, and so uh, they began uh, training me or to join their church. And finally, I got orders to go to Vietnam. I, my field was they put, send me into the jungle or mountaintop to work there in Vietnam. And, and so I, I came back to them and I said, well, I've completed seven lessons to become a Mormon, but uh, uh, I'm going to Vietnam on Wednesday, and that was Monday. And they said, oh, we have to baptize you. Okay, well, I appreciate that, but uh, let me find where God, let me ask God where he wants me. And so at that time, I went back to the barracks, and I cried with all my heart because I wanted something. There was something that had changed in my heart, and it was transferred from that other missionary into me by the laying on of hands. That's so important for our children when, when, we, uh, when they leave the house. Put your hands on them and pray the blessing upon them. And, and as I uh, and as he, uh, um, as I cried out to God in front of the barracks, it was a round table, I remember it, and I cried out, saying, God, where are you? Then all of a sudden that table began to shake, and I, I began to get higher than I ever did on drugs or, or alcohol or anything like that, but, but, uh, uh, but it was a peaceful high. I, I, I wasn't just uh, uh, afraid or anything. It was, it was a super amount of peace, and I cried out, where are you, Lord? And, 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 and I heard this voice, whether, whether it was audible or wasn't, it, doesn't, it was so real. It says, Mike, I am in everybody's heart that loves me with all their spirit, soul, and body. I didn't know that was in the Bible. Hallelujah. I was very ignorant of, of, uh, of the word of God. But I, I cried out to God. And, that, and later on, I found out in Matthew twenty two thirty seven. 37. It's one of the commands. Love God with all your spirit, soul, and body. And, and so I, all of a sudden, 
uh, I uh, looked and saw there was a being sitting on a huge chair up in heaven, and, and I saw his, it was just white, whiter than white, gloriously white. I didn't see his eyes, but I saw the, the head figure and his arm, and I saw two arms come around and begin to hug me, bro, place me on his lap and just say, I love you, Mike, I just love you. <laughs> you know, I never had the love of a father. I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I didn't grow up in a, a religious family or or anything like that. Uh, so uh, at that time, I said, that's enough. <laughs> that's a, but something changed in my life. I went back to the Mormons and told them what had happened. And they looked at me and said, they looked at my eyes and they said, something's changed in your eyes. I, uh, we want what you have. Well, <laughs> I didn't know what I had at that time. I, I just got born again, I believe, at that time. And, and so on the way back from, from talking to them, I never was baptized by them. Or I, I just told them that that's where God's church is. It's in your heart where, where, where you love him with all your spirit, soul, and body. And I, and I cried. As I walked back to the barracks, I went to the chaplain and he gave me a good news for modern man. And I started devouring that uh, New Testament and with that hunger that I still have hunger for the word of God today and, and to devour the word of God. And, and so uh, that's the start of my life back there. When I went to Vietnam, the Lord perfect, protected me while I was up in the mountaintops, and, and he just showed me more of the, of the word of God. And when I, got, uh, when I was released from my time in Vietnam, uh, all my friends that I hung around with and I took drugs with and I smoked marijuana and things like that with, they were all getting general discharges. And I, and I said, I don't want to. They, they saw pictures of me with a joint in my mouth. I don't know why we hung out together and took pictures of taking drugs together, you know. <laughs> you know hey, this is, this is so cool, isn't it? Because they had pictures of us all doing that. So they knew who, they, who all of us were. And so I... I went, Lord, I don't want to get kicked out of the service. I, I want to finish my time in the military. But Lord, well, what's, but I knew that I had to tell the truth. If they asked me if I had taken drugs or smoked dope or uh, done things like that, I knew I had to. Why did I know that I had to tell the truth? Well, something had changed in my heart. <laughs> something, some, something changes and tells you, you can't lie. You have to speak the truth. You got to tell the truth. And, and so I, I uh, went back to, uh, I was going back to the United States, but going through Clark Air Force Base. And, and while I was there, I, I talked to my friends. I said, what about me? Are they going to call me in to investigate me? And they, and they said, no, you're clean. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I'm clean? <laughs> I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't feel clean, you know, you know, but the feelings, we don't live by feelings, amen? Uh, and so I feel clean. I knew what I did. I was remembering what I did, but, but you, they said, you're clean. And instead of arresting me, they had never talked to me. They gave me the rank of a sergeant when I came back to the United States. So God was, God, God was just dealing in my life. And that was in 1969. And then I met my beautiful wife in, or in Oregon, my last two years in the military. And God has just brought us together. And I, I tell people, you know, that... Elaine has a drug uh, problem. Everybody know? <laughs> she does have a drug problem. I, I drug her to Mexico. I drug her to Morocco. I drug her to Illinois. I drug her here. <laughs> 
No, she went willingly. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, but, but we need to remember these things and where we were, where we are, and where we're going. Amen. And God has great things for, for us. You know, God, God has divine protection for you. God has divine protection provision and he has provided for us for the 40 years in the in the field we've never asked for a cent but God has brought us uh, the finances to live and God has uh, God has divine intervention which I'll be sharing about other things that uh, that God has done and is uh, is doing so God is but we need to remember as it says here it's exciting that God has this all planned out he's got wells that you haven't dug he's got Land that has been planted. He's got homes for you. And, and, and we need to just remember what God has done and tell our children about what God has done. And so it, it is so awesome. I'd like to open the word up one more time in, in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 16, Verse 9. I know it's probably up on the board that I'm not used to, used to that, but uh, I appreciate everyone uh, doing this for, for us. Hallelujah. So we've been in the ministry 44, 44 years in the ministry, not including when I was in the Jesus movement. You know, how many have seen the movie uh, Jesus Revolution? Uh, I cried at that. <laughs> I laughed at that. And uh, I think Dan, Daniel, my youngest son, said, Dad, I saw you in that movie. Because <laughs> we were Jesus people. Sometimes they called us Jesus freaks. You know, we'd walk around with Jesus all over our bodies. And, and, and we just preached the gospel wherever we, we had a ministry in San Diego. After I finished uh, uh, studying at the University of Oregon State University, and so uh, we uh, moved down to, I was offered a job in San Diego, California, and that's where we got into the Jesus movement. We were running around the block one day just jogging, and I, uh, uh, I saw a bunch of weird uh, bearded, uh, heavy people with the cutting grass. I said, what are you all doing here? Oh, we just love Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, that, that's, uh, that testifies. Amen. When people say, how are you? Oh, we just love Jesus. Jesus is so real to us. And I said, well, I, I love Jesus too. Hey, that's great. Bear, come on over here. Uh, lion, come on. Wolf, get over here. He, here this is a brother here. He began, he began to hug me. I'm going, whoa. Uh, I never had a guy hug me, but these were 300-pound, 200-pound uh, uh, bearded guys that were men. And so we, we uh, got involved in that ministry, which was uh, we had an upper room, called, something called the upper room, and Elaine, my wife, was one of their counselors there, and we had invite people up to the uh, to have coffee, and we'd share the gospel. You know, and we'd walk down the street and share the gospel. And one time there was a man uh, on the other side of the street, and he, he weighed about 300 pounds, had chains all over him, and uh, a bearded guy, he had, a, had his Harley right there, and, I, uh, and God said, uh, uh, go over and tell him that Jesus, that I love him. <laughs> I'm a scrawny guy out of the military, you know, or, and I, you want me to tell that guy and that, that Jesus loves you and, and, and I do too? 
<laughs> so I walked up to him. I said, okay, I'm going to be obedient. And so I walked up to him. And I goes, do you know Jesus loves you? And all of a sudden he goes, <laughs> he just started crying and crying. I'm going, Wow, well, God's doing something here, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know if he got saved or what, but, but I, I was obedient to what God had said. And I became obedient after Christ for the Nations, where I graduated. My wife and I went there and, and studied uh, at CFNI after two years of working on the streets of San Diego in, in the Jesus movement. And, and we saw God just move uh, mightily in that. And 1 Corinthians 16, 9 says, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. That, that word effectual means an active door, a powerful door, one that is, is, is very active. And there's doors for us to walk through in, in each one of our lives. We walk through the door of Mexico when, when we, after graduation, I was praying, I was going, God, where do you want us to go? My wife didn't want to go to uh, Mexico at, at first because we had visited from, uh, when we lived in San Diego, we had moved, uh, visited Tijuana and those areas there where all the people that are so needy come up to the border looking for help. And, and so it was filled with children that, that sometimes didn't have clothes and we were able to clothe them and, and bring them food occasionally. But, but, but that hurt my wife because she's very mercy oriented. It's looking at what, what all those people, and she said, I don't want anything to do with Mexico. So I began to look towards uh, Eastern Europe because my name, Rabel, starts with an H, uh, spelled very differently. I've been called Rabbi, Rebel, Hrubble. Uh, they announced me in, in, uh, on the radio to speak in Dallas as uh, Reverend Horrible will be here tonight speaking. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I answer to anything that's sort of related to that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but uh, uh, and so therefore, I, I went, uh, Lord, my wife doesn't want to go. I heard the Lord say, I, I don't want you in Czechoslovakia, where my family's from. I don't want you to go over there. I want you in Mexico. So, so I, I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, uh, my wife doesn't want to go to Mexico, and I'm not going without my wife, you know. And, and that's why God put us together. And so I talked to Elaine. I didn't say anything about Mexico. We were headed towards Eastern Europe when, when uh, I said, Elaine, I want you to go to, in prayer, uh, spend a little bit of time of prayer, and ask God where we are supposed to go. I was going to enter uh, a, uh, at the University of in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, study Russian to go prepare for there. We were going to go out to Oregon. I'd work in the uh, lumber field for a couple of months, to get, getting some money for us to go to stu do our studies. And so we, uh, uh, we were on our way towards uh, Czechoslovakia in that, in that area, ministering to my family. And so uh, my wife uh, went to prayer. And as she was praying, you know, a few minutes later, she came out and said, God told me that we had, 
we're going to Mexico. <laughs> they're going, we are. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, well, let's go. And so we didn't have any preparation to go to Mexico. We didn't have any support to go to Mexico, but we had the support of the Holy Spirit. We had the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so we just headed down there. First stop, when we were in Tulsa praying at that time. First stop was Dallas, and we knocked on some people's doors there. And there, and the, in the, uh, they opened the door to us and said, "Oh, you're on your way to Mexico." <laughs> oh yeah, how do you know that? He said, "Well, we were in prayer last night with uh, a bunch of women, and all of a sudden, you know, God told us that uh, we should start praying that Mike and Elaine Rabel should go to Mexico." And so we said, "Well, let's go." And, and there's a saying in Spanish, "Mi casa es tu casa," which is, "My house is your house." And Somebody had told us that, that that statement, and I said, well, let's go see our house down there. <laughs> and, and so th this door that's open to us, we walk through, uh, but there was many adversaries. You know, uh, there's going to be many adversaries. Uh, in the passion of this, in this verse, it says, there is an amazing door of opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. opportunity. You know, God has an amazing door of opportunity for everyone that's here. We just need to walk through that door. It's swinging. That door is swinging, uh, standing wide open for you or me to minister here. And even though there are many who oppose and stand against us, there is always uh, opposition. But don't let the devil talk you out of it. Amen. The devil started, he's got a voice, just like faith has a voice. God has a voice. The devil has a voice also. In Ephesians 4, 24, 27, it says, give no place to the devil. Don't give him an opportunity. I, I remember sometimes we, we fail when we listen to certain voices. Sometimes, how many have ever heard the voice of God and didn't do what he told you? You know, a lot of us have. One time I was at a, a meeting at Christ for the Nations, and, and uh, there was, uh, I, re, I heard a voice giving me a word for the group. There's a thousand people out there. I'm not used to uh, talking to a thousand people. I'm not used to being in meetings with a thousand people. And he, all of a sudden, Lord said, I want you to give that message. And I said, well, they're still worshiping. Lord, if this is really you, uh, just quiet everything down. You know what happened? Shoom! <laughs> Uh, Lord, I was just kidding about that. <laughs> Somebody else came up with that, you know. Somebody else brought a word, and so I. But I, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times this will happen. A question, but you know, but God wants you know. Uh, don't let the devil talk you out of it. You know, when when Jared, my son here, uh, he, he, we were in E Town, Elizabeth Town, just south of here. And we were going out to a park for, to uh, uh, fry some steak, uh, barbecue some steaks with another pastor, a friend of ours. And all of a sudden, I was in the front room, and I heard screeching brakes, and I saw a green shirt take about a five, uh, maybe a 15-foot leap or, or a flight uh, into the air. And then I saw a thump, thump, thump like that, and the car had stopped. And, and there was Jared on the ground right there. We, we did not wait to say, oh, God, what are we going to do? No, we immediately went there and began to speak life into his body. There was no uh, life in his body. In fact, he said that he had left his body at that time. And we started, we said, in the name of Jesus, I speak life to Jared right now. I command you to 
move your legs and nothing happened. But I continued doing what the Word of God says in the name of Jesus. I command you to, to move your legs. And the ambulance was coming up to take him. Somebody had called 911. And they, my, uh, the woman that uh, was in that car that hit Jared, he had, with his head, he had dented the front of the, uh, we say, cofre, or the hood there. And, and, and uh, so there was no life in him. But the woman that was there that was in the car, she's going, she, she's very upset. And my wife walked over to her and was, uh, had her, you know, hugging her and, and said, who, who are you? And he said, well, I'm, I'm his mother. <laughs> you know, wow, you should be screaming. You should be panicking. No, it'll be all right. But we kept on speaking life to his body. In the name of Jesus, I said, oh, Jared, I command you to move your legs in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, he started moving his legs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the next day, he said that when I think my wife said, well, what did you see when you were up in heaven or wherever you were going? He said, well, there's some bright lights up there. And well, what did the bright lights say? Some letters. And he said, fool, you've been hit again. <laughs> Why? Well, because that was the second time he had been hit, ran over by a vehicle. It, once in Mexico, he was uh, taking, uh, he was on a bicycle that didn't fit him. He was a lot bigger, and he, was, he rode across a, a four-lane highway, and a taxi came over, and thump, 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 he was, he was underneath it. They, they brought him out, and he was ready to run across the next uh, two lanes, but, but he was stopped. He was brought home, and his arm was like this, and, and, I'm go, uh, and he said, well, uh, what happened when they explained what happened? His bike looked like a, a pretzel at that time, and, and I said, uh, he said, what's wrong? I said, well, well, my arm, you know, it was swollen, and we'd say, well, let's pray. That's all we could do is pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we prayed in the name of Jesus, commanded bones to come back together, ligaments to come back together, whatever it was. We, we spoke into that, uh, uh, Jared's body, and then, uh, and then he, and I said, well, how are you doing? He goes, Oh, I'm fine. I'm going to go play. <laughs> so so he, he's a real man. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, when you hear the, a prognosis of cancer, the devil will start talking to you. But, but you know, like this brother, by the man by the name of Pancho down in our city of Ciudad Guzman, where we live for... 10 years, I believe it was, because we lived uh, 10 years, and we, we started approximately 10 churches. And out of those 10 churches, they've expanded into maybe 50 more or even more. And they're, they're all growing in Mexico. When it, this man, Pancho, he had fallen off a three-story, two or three-story building. He was a bricklayer. And when he fell, his head went into his chest, and he was drowning in the blood of that of his. Uh, and it was it was in his lungs. So his mother, his wife, came running out, grabbed him by the hair, and yanked his head out of his chest. <laughs> you, know, you don't do that normally. <laughs> well, he was a paralytic. He didn't. He couldn't move his body, and and uh, but he was alive. And they asked me, would you? I, would I come over and pray for him? So he was a. He. Uh, I went to his house, and he was just on a stretcher, on a on a bed, and he was not moving. I said, uh, Pancho, you know, Jesus loves you. He he would love to uh, for him to for you to become his daughter, son and daughter, son. And he goes, 
uh, he, he couldn't answer me because he was paralyzed all the way down. Uh, but he, but, but he, through his eyes, I said, if you understand what I'm doing, blink your eyes uh, a couple of times. And he did. So he was able to blink and communicate through his eyes. And so I said, well, Pancho, I'm going to pray for your arm. I, I don't know why I prayed for his arm, but God just brought that up. So I said, Pancho, I'm going to pray for your arm, and I'll be back next week to pray for something else. Is that okay? Blink your eyes if you understand. Yeah, yeah, he understood. You know. So I prayed for his arm, and I, and I, said, uh, uh, I said, okay, not, didn't move. Didn't have any uh, movement, anything like that. But I left, and, and, and the next week I came to that, his house, and there he was laying on the stretcher, not, uh, not being able, just looking up at the sky, and he was going like this. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm going, ooh, 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 God, God, something's happening. <laughs> something's going to happen. And so the next week I came back, prayed for the other arm. Yep, he's going like this. And then the next week I came back, prayed for his other one little of his leg. Yep, he's kicking his leg up, one leg. And then, then the next week I did it with his, well, his other leg. And, and finally, uh, a few, like six weeks later, he walked out from his, to his porch and waved goodbye to us. Hallelujah. So God deals it. He's doing miracles all over the, the world. And that, that's exciting. What, uh, when when I, I just came, went back to Mexico the other day, uh, well, not last November, and we're seeing all the churches just growing, exploding. Our, our service that we, we started, two, two churches in uh, the city of Sayula, and there's a third church now of one of our spiritual children that have reached out. And the church there in, in Sayula, the last church we helped establish, the, he's a medical doctor who is the pastor now. And, you know, we have standing room only at the 12, 10 o'clock service. And at the 10 o'clock, 12, 12 o'clock service, there's a good amount of people there too. So people are coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ all throughout that area. It's kind of hard, everything, because, because people walk up to you, Hey, hermano Miguel, como estas? How are you, brother Mike? Oh, I'm fine. Then I have to ask, now who are these people? <laughs> I don't remember them, but they remember me. And we went to a, a conference, pastoral conference, that they invited me to uh, just outside of Sayula, and as we got, my wife and I got out of the car, and they said, uh, um, uh, uh, this man, man greeted us, and, and he said, hermano Miguel, how are you? I'm fine. And I said, well, who are you? And he introduced him. Well, how do you know me? And he goes, you're famous here. <laughs> I'm going, famous? Wow, I, I wasn't famous before. <laughs> but but, but we're, we've seen, because people have received, they, they, they want, people came up to us and said, the lesson you taught us 40 years ago, we are still practicing. Hallelujah. You know, what lesson did I teach them 40 years ago? Well, right here, it's all in the book. Amen? And we need to just stick with the book. And don't let the devil talk you out of it. You know, so many people have allowed the devil to talk you out of it. And, and, and number, point number two would be, don't let your friends or family talk you out of it. Hallelujah. A lot of people say, well, don't go to that. They're, they're a weird church. Hallelujah. Well, uh, uh, you're getting fed here. Yeah, I, I, I'm uh, just sitting here in the 
small, the weeks that we were able to attend here, I was fed the, the word of God. And, and, and we're seeing that, uh, uh, that we could bring the message of faith back to Mexico and to different areas also. You know, my parents were against me uh, in, in Mexico. They said, hey, it's so dangerous in Mexico uh, to live down into Mexico. And, and uh, the, you know, you could die. There. Well, I could die any place, can't I? <laughs> uh, it's dangerous in Mexico. Well, my, my parents were raised in Chicago, you know, and I would just go say, well, mom, how many people have they found in the dumpsters there in Chicago? And my mom would respond, oh, shut up. <laughs> well, it's not dangerous when you're in his will, <laughs> but don't let the people or friends talk you out of it. You know, going to Cuba, uh, that we, I, I made 16 trips smuggling Bibles into Cuba and, and preaching the gospel in Cuba. Some of you have been there with me. And, and uh, the churches, when I first started there, we went into Cuba looking for God, uh, people that had a vision for marriages because the divorce rate was about 40 or, no, I'm sorry, about 85% divorce rate there within Cuba. So we went there four or five times smuggling Bibles. Uh, many times we have Bibles in our suitcases and they would say, one time they, they said, uh, uh, take everything out of the, uh, your suitcases. Uh, we usually took at least two suitcases because we brought Bibles Clothes, like, like women's clothes, because you can't find them, uh, bras and briefs. Somebody said we needed to change our ministry ca called uh, BBB Ministries. Bibles, bras, and briefs, you know. Because <laughs> we were supplying uh, clothes to these people. And, and they, they would just, uh, their tears would come on because they don't have uh, stuff like that. So we were able to do that. And uh, people, even going into Mexico, Mexico, the uh, aduana or the uh, customs people would say, uh, uh, open, the, open your suitcases. So uh, what I do is open one suitcase. <laughs> Let them look in that suitcase, okay? Then I close that suitcase and put that back, you know? So we were in Cuba this time, and we had uh, uh, study Bibles, uh, big blue ones in, in one of the cases, and, and they, uh, I, they opened us, and she, oh, what is this? I said, well, they're gifts for the people of Cuba, uh, Bibles that people don't have Bibles there. They're, they don't allow printing at that time. This was back in the 80s when Fidel was still uh, ruling there. And, and, and she goes, you can't bring those in there. You, you can't sell that. Don't, they're not set for sale. They're a gift. And the, man, the woman that was checking us uh, said, you know, my son can't take aspirin. You wouldn't have any non aspirin uh, pain reliever for take away fevers and say, well, we had, we had lots of medicine too there. We had big bo uh, bottles of uh, Tylenol and everything. So I took one of those bottles out and gave it to her. And she said, how much is that? No, it's free. Everything we brought in there is free to the people. Everything we do is, is free to the people. God supplies, so, so we're not supposed to sell things like that. I love Dr. Jacobs when he says, you want my, some teaching? Well, look online and you get all the teachings you want. Amen? And we need to be 
that. I, I remember Keith Green did that yeah, with all his, how many remember Keith Green? Yeah, uh, they were, uh, he, he was an old, uh, uh, he's about our age, so he's young. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, uh, I gave her the, uh, the uh, flask of, um, of uh, Tylenol, and, and she said, oh, it's free. You don't, I, not charging me. No, it's free. It's for you. It's for the people. And she looked and she saw her, the head of her department of uh, customs go into the main office. And then she said, okay, put those back in your Bible. And so I'm, I'm taking it all out of the, off the, you know, the silver, you know, where you put your stuff. And I was putting a jam in the back. And, the, and then she looked up and said, okay, that's enough. Okay. <laughs> we ended up getting quite a few of our, Bibles into Cuba that time. But, you know, it, it could be uh, dangerous, and they could put us in jail for what we were doing there. They always accused me, the police, they always came to Ricardo Espiri, who uh, uh, some of the brothers here know, he's the pastor there. And he, uh, uh, um, okay, we're, we're, okay we're, in, we're in Cuba, right? I got to think about that. Uh, uh, okay, and... Uh, 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 so where was I? <laughs> huh? Oh, the Tylenol. Oh, yeah. Then another time, I want to talk about a little bit of divine intervention. We were, we're coming into, everybody say divine intervention. Everybody say divine uh, provision. And divine protection. God has all those three for us, Amen. And so we were flying into Havana. Now the airport in Havana are, is very uh, different. They have uh, blown out and crashed fuselages on the side of the runways there. And what they do is something crashes, well, just push it over the side. Next one, come on in. <laughs> so we're flying into Havana, and Joshua, my oldest son, was with me at that time. And as I was flying, we're bringing in all this material for the people. And I'm sitting there going, my, my hands are going like this, you know. And he, that man, he goes, Oh, Dad, why are you shaking? <laughs> That's the flesh. In the spirit, I was, I, I was glorifying God. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm shaking. And, uh, and he said, Dad, it'll be okay. I know it'll be okay. This is about the fifth, seventh or eighth trip I've made into Cuba. I know, and and Lord, Lord just opened the way to bring all this material in. And we got out of, out of the uh, plane there in Havana. And as we were walking into the... Uh, airport, uh, building and everything, uh, all of a sudden, poof, uh, lightning struck the building. <laughs> Knocked out all the uh, x-ray machines and everything else. And the, all they said was, get out of here, go on, get on your buses, get on your buses. And so we just headed on, on the buses and uh, we were able to uh, bring help to the uh, people in, in Cuba. And, and so people are hurting there still, but, but, but the gospel's going out. When, when uh, uh, I first went to Cuba, there was a, uh, somebody gave us a name of a pastor that had a vision for marriages there. God has a passion for marriages, amen? He wants, my wife and I have been married 51 years, uh, and, and, and God is, you know, uh, even in those 51 years, there's always problems. But how many know that if there's no problems, there's no victories? <laughs> you know, I, I say, uh, don't take this uh, badly. Or My wife and I have uh, intense fellowship at times, <laughs> 
I think you guys have some sometimes uh, intense fellowship also. <laughs> and one time, Dr. Jacobs called and, and uh, got uh, uh, Elaine answered, and, and we had had some uh, intense fellowship at that time. <laughs> and and uh, Elaine uh, said, Dr. Jacobs, this is Dr. Jacobs. And so Elaine goes, just wait a minute. He came over to my office and said, Dr. Jacobs wants to talk to you. <laughs> What did I say? I covered the mouthpiece up and said, did you call him? <laughs> and then she said, no, you're busted. <laughs> but for 51 years, we're still going strong. We're still going back into the field. We're still ministering together. And, and it's just an exciting time. And, and so uh, my wife's been in Cuba twice. So when we were first going to Cuba, there was only maybe uh, a, a few churches in the area. And so we were given this pastor's name. And so we knocked on his door. I knocked on his door with a brother from Saltillo uh, by the name of Ricardo uh, Ashley and Richard Ashley. And so I, we walked in there and we started explaining what we had uh, to, to help marriages in, in Cuba. And, and all of a sudden he started crying in front of us. And I said, Ricardo, what's wrong with you? And he goes, well... Uh, two weeks ago, a man from the eastern part of the island came and prophesied over me, saying, within two weeks, two men will come to your church with help for marriages. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, okay. Well, one, two, hey, we're the ones. So, so I went back home to Mexico, and I said, I found some good news, Elaine. And she said, well, what's the good news? I, saw, I said, some bad news, too. <laughs> well, what's the good news? Well, I finally found somebody with a, a, a vision for marriages. Everybody wants, oh, I want marriage, I want, but they don't have a vision to walk it out. To, to spread it and, and to teach it. And, and so I found somebody like that. And so I found somebody with help for marriages, a vision for And she says, well, what's the bad news? Well, you're married to me, so you have to go to Cuba with me. <laughs> and it was rough in that area. We were in a truck. Well, it was an old army truck. We were going out to a, a meeting and uh, did a conference out there. And, in that, uh, uh, the, and at that night, they stopped us. And this woman that was with us in the truck, she came from the area where we were uh, doing the conference, looked at me and gave me a paper sack. You know, I didn't know what was in that paper sack. You know, it could be drugs, could be money. It was against the law for people to have dollars or anything there at that time. And, and so I, I, I'm holding this, and the police were just coming up uh, stopping us, and, and so I, I looked at that, and I looked at Elaine, and she was, she was my, uh, had a big long coat on, and she had uh, big pockets, so I just shoved it into her pockets. <laughs> Do you know this woman? Who? That woman? <laughs> of course, nothing happened or anything like that. We're still walking together, but she remembers. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you know, if there's no uh, problems, there's no victories. So we got to look at those problems. Oh, there comes a victory. Amen. But, but don't, don't uh, let your uh, friends or family talk you out of what the Word of God says. You know, they call to Mexico, call to Cuba, Cuba, and, and um, leaders came against us to say, say, 
to kick us out of Mexico and, and tell us to leave. And one, you know, I said, well, you didn't call us here. God called us. You know, if God called you, you don't need anybody else's call, call also. Amen. So do what God tells you. Don't let friends and family talk, talk you out of it. There, things will happen. It was Jared and my uh, younger son. Uh, we were opening up a church in a town called Tepec. And while we were there in Tepec, we were showing the Life of Christ series. And, and, uh, and it was just a movie in the center of the city. And people were coming and they were watching. And, and all of a sudden, the rocks started coming in at us. They started throwing rocks at us. And, and I, uh, Jared came walking up to me and said, Daddy, and he was only about 10 maybe or something like that. He, he said, Jared, uh, Daddy, uh, is this what you call persecution? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that that would be rival to persecution. <laughs> it was a Catholic church priest sent them out against us. Because they, they don't like what we're doing. We're bringing people to Jesus, amen. We're, we're bringing the people to, to live a holy and sanctified life and a life of power. And, and so we, we were stoned there in Tepec, but today there's a growing church in that area. And also in, in another town called uh, Rancho de la Cruz, we were also stoned there. I was uh, by myself there with a couple other brothers. And, but today, the man that instigated that stoning is today the pastor of the church in that area. So you never know what God is going to do, but with every persecution or every trouble you have, boys, there, there is a victory coming uh, on you. Uh, and, and so it's, it's great. Daniel's response to that, uh, the rocks coming at him, he, he was picking up his rocks, you know, going, oh, is he going to throw them back at him? <laughs> he, if, if, if Jared was around 10 years old, Danny must have been about seven or something like that. What are seven-year-olds when somebody throws a rock at you? What do you do? Well, you grab the rock and throw it back at him usually. But, but he, I said, Jared, Danny, what, what, are you, what are you picking up the rocks for? Well, I'm going to put them on my school desk and put, put the date I was stoned for Jesus, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> That was the same thing that uh, when that happened, I called Dr. Jacobs because there was a doctor there at the meeting and he didn't have the medication to give to the people. So I called Dr. Jacobs and, and I said, uh, it was, it was, I forgot the time change and everything. And it was early in the morning, I guess. And, and I said, uh, Dr. Jacobs, Dr. Uh, uh, I, I need some drugs. <laughs> he said, I told you to get off those drugs. <laughs> But he, then the team came down. We were able to supply medicine. Uh, uh, I should have said medicine instead of drugs, but you have to watch what you say, I guess. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, but, but, but God has been so good. Even, even when Jer Joshua was kicked by a horse in, in his head and, and, and God uh, delivered him from that. I, I was in Guatemala uh, uh, years before that. And, or, and, and when I was in Guatemala, I was praying and that's so needy to, to try to listen to what the Holy Spirit says. And I heard that, uh, that Joshua was going to get kicked by a horse. 
And I said, oh, devil, get out of me. Get out of here. <laughs> you know, I thought it was the devil speaking to me. And it wasn't because I called Elaine the next day up. And she's crying. She says, Joshua, I kicked my horse. And he opened up right here. And, and, uh, and, but, the, but my wife, all she could do was pray in the spirit. And, and, and finally, you know, got it sewed up and everything. And God was good. And, and today... He doesn't have a problem with his eyes or anything like that. So, and he's got five children and, and working. He's pastoring the church down in Grand Prairie, Texas. And so it, it's, it's exciting to be in the, uh, in, in the, in the field. And uh, like I say, uh, that uh, every victory, every uh, problem just is waiting for the victory to come. And so don't, don't let uh, the, the devil talk you out of it. Don't let people and friends talk you out of it because they're trying to. And the third point I wanted to say, don't let your symptoms talk you out of it. <laughs> or circumstances. You know, when, when my wife... She uh, grabbed, uh, we were, I don't know, we had been in the field for a couple, uh, maybe a year or two, and she, we lived in a very hot area, and scorpions were uh, very poisonous at that time. And so she picked up a chair, and there was a scorpion right up there, and the scorpion bit her, and she she came to me and said, Mike, uh, I, I just got bit, stung by a scorpion. And, and so you could tell that, you know, when something happens like that, fear always comes on yeah. because people die because of that in our area. And, and the first thing, the spirit of fear comes upon you and you have to take care of it. Yeah. Amen. And, and, and we had a group there. And so I, I began immediately to, to uh, speak. I uh, spoke to that spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. I command that spirit of fear to go in the name of Jesus. And you know, it went. Then she said, but I feel the, the poison still going up my arm. And I grabbed her arm and said, poison? You leave this arm in this moment in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, she said she felt that, that poison going down and down and down. And the only thing that, that was remnant of that being stung by that scorpion was the numbness in one of her fingers. But that was the only thing that God, God takes care of us when we, we do that. You know, one of the, one of the reasons why, the, you know, that the, we're there today is because God is so good. When, when we went to North Africa, you know, we didn't know anybody. We didn't know the language. We already spoke Spanish, but when we got to uh, North Africa to, to minister, we started studying Arabic, and, and, and we started learning that, and we started a PT center, physical therapy center. And, and when we were there, that one, why, why physical therapy? Because you get the touch to people. <laughs> you get, what is physical therapy? Well, that's moving their limbs up and down, their fingers, moving their head. That's different physical therapy that we used on them. And what, what happens when you touch a person? There's a release of an anointing upon those people. And one day we had, a, we had about 50 uh, patients that would come in each week with their mothers, and we would teach the mothers how to do physical therapy in their home. And that opened the door for our residency there in North Africa. And as, as uh, uh, we were doing the uh, physical therapy with the children, there was one little girl that she had no body 
uh, movement. She, her bones were like rubber, and she would just lay in her mother's arms, and she couldn't move. And, but we tried to work with the arms and releasing that anointing upon. And one day, the mother started, came running in going, Mujiza, Mujiza, and which means miracle. And here's the little baby going, hey, hey. <laughs> and my wife, got, she couldn't really hold her at all because of, of the movement that, uh, you know, and so there, there was uh, divine intervention there inside that uh, clinic. And today the clinic still is going on with a medical doctor that came over to help us. But it was only me and another brother. We're not PTs. We're not physical therapists, but uh, we hired Barack, uh, women there to do the work and we sent them to school and trained them how to do it. And then we started, you know, the, the governor of the area, uh, we presented the, our plan to him. He said, well, how are you going to advertise? I said, well, uh, I know we don't have any money to advertise. We're, we're just going to invite the people and have people word of mouth. Amen. That's why we need to remember what God does and tell people word of mouth what Jesus has done in your life. He's changed you. He's, he's redeemed you. And, and so, uh, well, we, we don't have any money. And he said, well, he went and the guy walked in and said, I want you to put banners up on all the streets uh, here saying, uh, physical therapy center for p children, please come. And, and we started filling up the PT center there. And, and, P and uh, PTs would come from Mexico, from Canada, from the United States, from England and Ireland to help us for a week or two. And, and, and it just began expanding. And to the, there is a growing church in that area. Of course, it's all underground. But, you know, uh, I had a I've got a close friend. He calls me his spiritual father. His name is that long, okay? And, and so, <laughs> and, but he's not, a, he's not a believer. He's still among Muslim. He goes, Mike, you would make a good Muslim. <laughs> you, all you have to do is, is believe in Muhammad. Well, I, I believe in Jesus. Oh, but you need to believe in Muhammad. And the other day when I was talking to him, uh, uh, we were having some tea when I, last time I was over there. He, he, he goes, you tell me that, that Jesus is the son of God. To a Muslim, saying he is a son of God means that God had sex with a woman here. <laughs> that's why they, that's the only way to be a son is to have sex. And so God had made, had sex with a woman. So it, it's an insult. It's an insult to me and you too, isn't it? Uh, God doesn't have sex with women, but, but Jesus was born, virgin born. And, and so uh, he goes, uh, he goes, we're sitting there, he goes, oh, you believe that Jesus is the son of God? And I looked at him and said, and I called him his name. And he went, wow, do you think that's revelation that God's giving you now? <laughs> and he looked at me and said, oh, shut up. <laughs> so, you know, it's an exciting life out there in the, in the field. And to know these people. And today they're in, in that country there. Uh, Churches are coming up all over the place. And I could tell you so many other stories and, 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 and continue to do that because of divine inter, uh, intervention. There was a, we were, uh, had a visitor from uh, here in the States and they, we were trying to fix the vehicle of our vehicle, of a car out in front of our house. Yeah, we were living in Tecuman at that time and all of a sudden, uh, one of the guys were, was underneath the differential. We were trying to ch change the brakes also, and it, they were on cinder blocks. 
the, the vehicle up on top. And all of a sudden, that whole, all those cinder blocks just went, shoom, go, you know. And here's the pastor of, uh, here in the United States going, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. So four of us got there, five, I thought maybe four or five of us, we tried to lift up that two, uh, ton and a half uh, van and lift it up, nothing, it wasn't budging. All of a sudden, a young man kind of came out of nowhere. He came over and, mm, and we pulled him out and then we let down on the ground and, and we looked and where's that young man? <laughs> Divine internet, uh, intervention, amen. Angels are, are, are at work for us. Amen? We just need to believe for those things. And, and, and God is so good for doing that. that those are just, you know, I could go on and on and on about other, you know, healings and, and uh, so much more out there. But God wants to uh, do a work in, in all our lives that, that don't let the symptoms talk you out of it or circumstance. And don't let your soulish area talk you out of it. Amen. I, I, I love uh, Psalms 92.14 that for many people here, well, probably for me mainly. Hallelujah. It, you know, it says in Psalms 92.14 that I will have, does it say up there? Nope, not yet. Psalms, uh, Psalms 92.14 it says, I will have fruit in my old age. Amen. That they shall still bring fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. I don't like the fatness that much, but the flourishing, I'll tell you. <laughs> but I will be flourishing in my old age. I'm 73 years old and I'm still going on. I still feel excited. You know. Are their body hurts? Yes, but there's victory there too in getting healed. Amen. And I, uh, we were coming back from Indianapolis the other day. I went into a rest area and I found my, I came, came out of the door of the rest area and there was a rug there. I tripped over, found a poof on the, I, I, I flat on my face. Uh, uh, did something to my back of my knee or something like that, but it's doing good right now in Jesus' name. And, and, and uh, uh, well, Elaine was there trying to help me up. <laughs> two, old, two young people were there too and probably in their 80s. Huh, don't, don't move. Don't move very good. <laughs> we'll help you. We'll help you. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> so when I was in La Harpe, there I got... Uh, I walk into the post office where in, in Illinois where I pastored for 10 years and I, and I looked over on the other street corner. It was all ice out there and all of a sudden there was a group of people there taking care of a woman that had fallen on the ice. And I looked, I, I greeted them. I, I took three more steps on the ice and I went on my back. I'm going, I'm okay, I'm okay, bye. <laughs> the, 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 the other people, hey, the pastor just went down too. <laughs> I'm okay. Well, I took three more steps and boom, oh no. <laughs> I'm okay. Hallelujah. You're okay too. Yes. Amen. Amen. Doesn't matter what you're going through, there's victory coming. There, there's divine protection, divine intervention, divine provision. Yes. Building the churches, thousands of dollars have we used to, to uh, build the churches, to put roofs on, and God has just blessed us so much. He is good. Amen. Amen. And his mercy endures forever. Amen. It's been a joy to minister here with you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.